is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show for August 12th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. How much different does it feel, man? How much better does Friday Night SmackDown feel? Even Monday Night Raw, how much does the shows feel just vastly different feeling-wise? There's nothing really groundbreaking as far as change is concerned, but just feeling-wise, man, atmospherically and just direction-wise, how does it feel? On Friday night and Monday night compared to the old administration. I think these shows, and you can call me a dick rider, you can call me a cocksucker, you can call me uh, fucking whatever you want. Oh, JD is too positive. Listen, man, I waited waited my entire podcast career for this fucking era to finally hit us in the face, and we're getting it. I'm excited about the fucking future of WWE, man. I, I I really am. Tonight's SmackDown was... A very focused show. We got the Intercontinental Championship throughout the entire show. And what Triple H did and what his team did tonight was they focused on the Intercontinental Championship in one show more than Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon did in all of 2022. And even all of 2021. The Intercontinental Championship was in the main events of SmackDown tonight, and it was a beautiful thing to see. Finally, the Intercontinental Championship, with the proper management in place, is once again going to be the catalyst for a talent or talents that is going to propel them to the next level. And that right now is in the hands of Gunther, a.k.a. Walter. I love it. He wrestled Shinsuke Nakamura tonight, and I thought it was a kick-ass match. I thought it was great, and I love the focus. They even did a very similar vignette promo package like they did for the United States Championship on that first Raw that Triple H ran on Monday night a couple of weeks ago. They did the same thing that they did that night for the United States Championship tonight with the Intercontinental title. I love it. Absolutely love it. And we'll talk about what happened between Guther and Shinsuke Nakamura. More of the same, really. There is nobody here that believes Shinsuke Nakamura is going to be the first to beat Guther on the main roster. That's not happening in a very, very long time. So he will remain undefeated for the foreseeable future. And I think this is all really positive stuff. Very excited about where the Intercontinental title is going. And that was one of the things, that was one of the things on the list of priorities that he needed to fix. And Clearly, he is listening to the fans' criticisms on that, and he sees what had happened. 
and it's Triple H. He's very synonymous with that very same championship. So, you know, coming from him, with him holding that title and really making that title into something, he's going to do what he can right now in his administrative position to really build and resuscitate that championship. And like I said, it's a beautiful thing to see. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. That was another big asset to the show tonight. Ronda Rousey is, uh, I guess she's back. She may be suspended again. I'm not really sure what's going on with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was fined and suspended, and she brought the money to pay her fine, and she dumped all the money and plus some, doubled the fine, uh, just because she can, dumped it out all on the table in the contract signing segment tonight between Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan. I don't know what's going on there, but WWE seems to be concealing the Boo Birds for Liv Morgan, and it's not really a good look. It is not really a good look at all. The show wasn't perfect by any means, and that was definitely one of the two blemishes on the night for SmackDown. The other blemish was the opening match, the women's tag team title tournament match between uh, (laughs) Raquel uh, Rodriguez Gonzalez over there, teaming with Aaliyah, against Shotzi Blackheart and Zia Lee. Not good. Not good. I have geeks online tell, oh, well, it's a good match. What are you watching? You watching a different show, man? No, I'm watching the same fucking show you are. I just don't accept mediocrity. I'm sorry. The show was great. That was the blemish of the night. That one match. The match sucked. And it's not really a good look for the women's tag team title tournament. So we'll talk about that. And Hit Row. That's the other big thing tonight. Triple H is continuing to bring back the released. Because this is a statement, folks. Triple H is running WWE. And most of these moves are a statement to the past administration. I really do believe Hit Row is the biggest statement of all. Of all the returns, he opted to bring all three of them back. Obviously not Swerve, because he's with AEW, but he opted to bring all three of them back, and they are now back on SmackDown. Given a new lease on life, given a second chance, hit row. So we're going to talk about that. It'll be the top story tonight, because it was in the news all day today. It was in the news starting as of uh, not only today, but last night coming into today, there were rumblings that Top Dollar and Ashante Adonis were going to be at SmackDown tonight. And the rumors were going crazy today. Even AJ Francis, Top Dollar, dumbed down the rumors and said they were nothing more than, than rumor. And don't believe everything you read online. Obviously, he was not going to tell you that he was going to be there. And obviously, he wanted to play with everybody. But he did end up showing up with BFAB. And with Ashante Adonis and Hit Row is back as a threesome on Friday night SmackDown. We will talk about that in just a little uh, a little bit. On Rampage, I don't know, man. Rampage, Rampage to me felt like uh, a fucking dark taping tonight. There was really nothing outside of Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia and them getting ready for their two out of three falls match on Wednesday's Dynamite. Rampage was not good tonight. At all. And we've got a mixed tag team title match, AAA mixed tag team title match with Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello defending those uh, AAA tag team titles against Sky Blue and Dante Martin. 
Doesn't really have anything to do with AEW television, but it's there. And then we got Parker Boudreaux. He destroyed Sonny Kiss. He ended up getting an AEW contract. Tony Khan has now made the official statement that Parker Boudreaux is all elites. And then we got the Gun Club against Dan Housen and Eric Redbeard. This is Beardhausen. Again, Rampage was not a good show at all. Not a good show at all. We'll briefly go over that a little bit later. But I want to thank everybody for joining me tonight, man. We got 2,300 people inside the OTS Beer Garden tonight. Thank you guys very much. If you're new around here, this is what we do. We love to entertain. We love uh, the aesthetics. We do things a little bit differently here. Obviously, we are much more better produced than everybody else in the community, man. When you watch somebody in a little fucking box on YouTube, you know that those podcasts don't give a shit about what they look like or what they sound like. Here, we do things a little bit differently, man. Here, we create the environment. Here, we create the atmosphere to go along with everything that's going on. Everything you see here is me. Beer, alcohol, whiskey, the fucking Ferris wheel in the background, man. I love it. I love it. Everything you see here is an extension of me, and I'm glad to have you here inside the OTS Beer Garden. Doing it better than anybody, man. Doing it better than anybody. If you guys want to become a channel member, listen. Listen. YouTube, this is a YouTube thing. This has nothing to do with me. YouTube is now giving everybody 50% off. So if you want to join the channel membership, man, if you want to join the OTS VIP club, you hit the join button. Instead of $4.99, you're going to pay $2.49. Half off for the first month. That's a steal. What you guys get by signing up, you're going to get those emotes. Custom emotes only available to off the script. You're going to get those badges next to your name to showcase your VIP status. And get this. Just spoke to my boys over at DB8 Design. We got five new emotes and two new VIP badges coming. One for 36 months and one for 48 months. You guys are going to be leveling up. So if you guys want to join the VIP club, now is the time to do so. So hit that join button down below and join the VIP club right here on Off The Script. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description. Hit that subscribe button down below. We are 150 away from 136,000 subscribers on YouTube. So spread the word, man. Let's get to 136 this weekend. Also, go check out all the other content on the channel. We got Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, two extras this week. Lots of stuff going on. So get, go check all that stuff out on the homepage right now if you missed anything. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20. At checkout to save 20% off and get that free shipping. It is manscaped.com, the leaders in below the waist grooming. Gotta love it, man. Five new badges, folks. Yes, five new badges. Uh, Five new emotes. I'm sorry, two new badges. 
The five emotes. Let me tell you something, man. You're going to like these emotes, man. You're going to like these emotes, man. They are crisp, let me tell you. And then the two new badges, I'm not going to reveal what they are. They're not microphones, though. They are not microphones. We have two brand new badges, man. You're going to be at the elite level, right? 36 to 48 months. Can't wait to show you guys. Around October. First week of October, they should be ready. Hit Row. Let's talk about Hit Row, man. Hit Row is back in WWE. Triple H making a statement by, by bringing Top Dollar, B-Fab, and Ashante Adonis back to WWE. The rumors were true. All day, we heard about the rumors. Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, going to be on SmackDown tonight. We didn't know anything about B-Fab. Nothing was said about B-Fab. PW Insider first reported this on Thursday evening that Top Dollar and Ashante the Adonis were on their way back to WWE. Also joining them potentially could have been BFAB. We didn't know then. Towards the end of the first hour of SmackDown, there were two enhancement wrestlers standing in the ring. Pat McAfee noted that they didn't know who they would be facing. All of a sudden, Hit Row's music hits, and they entered the ring. They walked down the aisle, entered the ring, and they basically squashed these guys in pretty easy fashion. The one person obviously missing from Hit Row is Swerve Strickland, who is currently one half of the AW Tag Team Champions with Keith Lee over in All Elite Wrestling. After that squash match, all three members of Hit Row cut promos to remind the fans of who they are. Now, this is Hit Row's first appearance on WWE television since they were released last November, only one month on the main roster. They didn't last six weeks. They didn't last six weeks. They got released, and all four of them were gone. All four of them were gone. Obviously, this wouldn't have happened if Vince McMahon was still in charge. What a swerve, legitimately. No pun intended. Now, I know a lot of people online tonight were uh, talking about Hit Row and Earlier today, people were talking about Hit Row, and the consensus between everybody was Hit Row's not going to be the same without Swerve Strickland. Hit Row is nothing more than a bunch of jobbers without Swerve Strickland. I get where you guys are coming from. But if it's one thing that I don't do, especially with proper management in place, is completely write somebody off because the star of the group is not there. Yes, I get it. Everybody knew how good Swerve was. Everybody knew that Swerve was fucking all of Hit Row, basically. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Hit Row is going to fail on SmackDown. This is not Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. This is Triple H. Things will be different for Hit Row. Now, I get where people are coming from with Swerve. I get it. I completely get it. But I don't want to write anybody off because the potential was always there within the group. There's a lot of positive with Hit Row. couple of things right off the bat. Number one, the way I see it is we need tag teams in WWE. Top Dollar, no matter how cringe he may be and how annoying he may be, he still has the presence of a big man and a big man that can move. Now, he's not very good, but he will be adequate enough to be a nice compliment to Ashante Adonis. He's the star of the group now. 
Ashante Adonis is very good. He looks the part. He speaks the part. And he wrestles the part. He's going to be that. And he's going to be that guy in, in Hit Row. Now, go back to November, last November. The rumor was that they wanted Swerve and Top Dollar or Swerve and, uh, I believe it was Swerve and Adonis to be the tag team. Now, why would they do that? They, they removed Top Dollar from the tag team. They wanted Top Dollar to be a singles guy because he's big and he's agile for a big guy, right? They wanted Swerve and Adonis to be the tag team. Right then and there, you knew that old administration didn't have a fucking clue on how to book Hit Row. Not a single fucking clue on how to book Hit Row. If that is your first plan of attack with them, doomed to fail right from the word go. You know, I called it when they got called up to the main roster. I said it then. I said it then. These guys should not be on the main roster. It is too soon. It is too early for them. They're still green. They're still babies. Swerve should have been on the main roster already. He had all the makings of a breakout main roster guy. Not with that administration. Not with Bruce and Vince. They called up all four of them. Why? Why did they call up all of Hit Row? They called up all of Hit Row because they thought Hit Row was going to get them a wider audience and broaden the demographic. They thought Hit Row was going to appeal to a younger audience. I get it. But that's not the reason why they brought up Hit Row. If they brought up Hit Row for that reason, then Hit Row wouldn't have been fired. I said it. From day one, I said it the night of the draft, when they were drafted. These guys are going to be fired in a, in a, not, not a week, in a month. In a month, they would have been fired. And what happened? They maybe lasted five, six weeks. I got blasted on social media. I got called a racist. I got called negative. I got called an asshole. I got called every fucking name you could possibly think of that is a derogatory term on social media. People clipping my shit, sending it to Swerve, sending it to fucking Francis, getting blocked by both of them because I made a joke and I made some jokes about what Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon were going to turn Hit Row into. I don't work for WWE. I don't know a single fucking soul within that company. But I know what I know just by watching the show. That's what makes our podcast stand out amongst everybody else. We see things a lot clearer. We're not afraid to call shit out and say shit when things need to be said or say shit that's going to happen and really give you the truth behind why shit does happen on television. You want a bombshell? We got everything right. Perfect about Bray Wyatt. See Fightful putting shit behind a paywall about Bray Wyatt. Motherfucker, the day Bray Wyatt got released, we went live in front of 5,000 fucking people and we said everything that was in that report then. I don't need a fucking paywall. All you need to do is open your fucking eyes about what you're watching. So I'm going to tell you again. Hit Row was released. Not because of Vince McMahon's and Bruce Pritchard's fucking taste in professional wrestlers. Hit Row was released because they were affiliated with Paul Levesque. They were the last 
fucking thing creatively that Paul Levesque stamped his name to before he went out with his cardiac event. That was it. That was legitimately the last thing that was the black and gold under Triple H. They got called up to the main roster, and because they were a Triple H creation, and they were a part of Paul Levesque's black and gold, they were gone. Finished. Had nothing to do with anything else but that. Did AJ Francis facilitate all of that? I I, I think so. Got a big mouth. He's not humble. He got an ego bigger than anybody in the shortest span of time that I've ever seen. Take yourself down a notch a couple there, bro. You ain't shit. You ain't shit. You just got called up to the main roster and you're acting as if you're fucking Randy Orton backstage in WWE. Going out there on social media, I said, cutting promos on Jinder Mahal. When Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard never really gave you the authority to cut fucking promos and create your own rap-style promos on shit that was going on on television. He took things into his own hands. He didn't really understand how things worked on the main roster compared to where he came from. I said all of this, and I got called the bad guy. Then they ended up getting fired. Swerve blocked me. Top Dollar blocked me. I haven't checked the other two. Swerve unblocked me just recently because I was misunderstood. Top Dollar still has me blocked. Don't really give a shit, but I'm going to sit here and tell you what I said earlier on my extra. I'm glad that they're back. I'm glad that they're back for one reason, because this is a slap in the face, and I'm glad he's fucking still there. I'm glad he's seeing all this happen with his own fucking four eyes. That fucking red face, fucking fat slob that he is, Bruce Pritchard. Glad he's seen it all. He sees Top Dollar walk in. He sees B-Fab walk in. He sees Adonis walk in. These are the same guys that Bruce Pritchard gave the thumbs up to Vince McMahon and gave the okay to fire them. He's seeing all this with his own eyes now. I'm happy that they're back for that one reason and one reason only. Hit Row was the biggest statement to the old administration. Hit Row being brought back was the biggest statement to Vince McMahon about Triple H doing things his own way with his own people. Triple H made a statement with Hit Row, just like he made a statement with Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw this past Monday, powerbombing Ezekiel to the hospital and writing him off television. Same way he made a statement with Ricochet opening SmackDown last week against Baron Corbin. Same way he made a statement with Shayna Baszler becoming the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship over anybody else on that SmackDown women's roster. Hit Row was the biggest statements that Triple H could have possibly made. It is a big fuck you to Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard, the old administration, and... It signifies that change is coming. And I'm doing things the right way. And I'm not going to fall into that category of having everybody on the roster fucking hate me and not trust me. This is the biggest statement that he possibly could have made. And we're only in week three. We're only in week three of his run. 
Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, and B-Fab on SmackDown gets a thumbs up from me. Tag team division needs tag teams. Top Dollar and Ashante Adonis are going to be a very formidable tag team. And they are a unit, which helps. They're not two guys just thrown to fucking together. B-Fab is going to fit into the group and be the mouthpiece that she should have been instead of Vincent Bruce putting her in a ring when she doesn't know how to wrestle. Which was the case because she was still on NXT wrestling. She was there wrestling. And she was not good at it. Her value comes in the form of a microphone. Use her to the best of her value and ability. Tag teams. We get Top Dollar and Ashante Adonis as a tag team. And now we can sit there and say, yeah, Top Dollar, Ashante Adonis, and B-Fab, they're going to bring in that younger demographic. They're going to catch fire like they should have. Now with Triple H in charge, and they are going to be the three in that group that are going to reach out and bring that coolness factor to the WWE that was sorely missing from Friday Night SmackDown when, when Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon were there. And quite frankly, Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon didn't get the cool factor of Hit Row. Now, for all the people out there, for all the people out there saying, oh, the group is not going to go anywhere because Swerve isn't there. You don't think Triple H understands this? You don't think Triple H understands this? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Triple H is going to let these guys do what they got to do to get over now. He didn't put them on TV to see them fail. And he's not going to see them fail. He's going to give them every possible resource to succeed. Because if it fails, then he fails. He brought them back with an idea. He didn't bring them back to put them on TV to just give them jobs to say fuck you to Vince McMahon. He not only wants to say fuck you to Vince McMahon, but he wants to see them succeed and be a huge asset to the company. He gets that Swerve isn't there. He knew how good Swerve was. That's why he made Swerve the main guy, the leader of Hit Row. Who's to say that Triple H doesn't have somebody else in mind to lead Hit Row? Who's to say that man is not Carmelo Hayes? Telling you right now, mark it down, put it in a book somewhere, screen cap it, fucking clip it, record it on your Android or iPhone device. I'm telling you right now. Carmelo Hayes is losing that NXT North American title. To who? I don't know. It may be Giovanni Vinci coming up on Tuesday. But he's losing that North American championship. 
Carmelo Hayes is getting called up to the main roster. He's getting called up to the main roster after Clash of the Castle, and we're getting a draft. He will be included in the draft. Carmelo Hayes will be on SmackDown. Carmelo Hayes could potentially be the new leader of Hit Row. It fits him perfectly. Bring Trick Williams up to the main roster as well. Because let's be real. I'm not a fan of Trick Williams. I'm not a fan of the duo. I like Carmelo Hayes, but I'm not a fan of Trick Williams. Not yet anyway. Still has uh, a lot of, uh, to me anyway, I, I got to grow into it. He's got he's to do something to really stick out to me. He's not done anything to stick out to me. You want to bring Trick Williams up to the main roster and keep Trick and Carmelo together? There you go. Put him in hit row. Have Carmelo lead hit row. He's got the charisma. He's got the cockiness. He's got that coolness factor. And he's got somebody. He's got uh, Triple H as somebody in Carmelo that could lead a stable. Then we could really start talking about hit row really becoming the next group in WWE that finds major success. I think that would be the perfect way to go about that. So who's to say Triple H is not already thinking this? But I'm telling you right now, mark my words, Carmelo Hayes will be on SmackDown post-draft, which apparently is going to happen. There is news on the draft happening after Clash at the Castle. There are people within WWE that think a draft is imminent, which is great. I love it. And it should be. What better way to shake things up than to completely reshuffle everything and start anew? Because Triple H right now is operating with brands that Bruce and Vince ran. And I honestly would love to see what Triple H does as far as creative goes to really present a draft that is different than everything else we've seen. So if everybody already shitting on Hit Row, I'm going to tell you, like I told you with everything else, be patient. Because this is this isn't it. Triple H did not bring Hit Row back to television without a fucking plan. That's not the way he operates. He's going to bring them back to television with a purpose, with a reason, and he's going to continue to build upon them. So let it be, and let's have patience with Top Dollar, Ashanti Adonis, and BFAB. I think this is a great move. Also, without saying, the roster needs bolstering. More bodies on SmackDown, the better. For far too long, we were operating with a depleted roster. Now Triple H in one fell swoop added three bodies. Great. I don't know why this move is being looked at as a bad thing by the fans online. I only see positive in this move. And it's going to be something that's going to take a little bit of patience. So have some. WWE Draft. There was a news on a draft today released by Fightful. Fightful Select is reporting that there are several Raw stars scheduled for the first SmackDown following Clash at the Castle on September 9. On the other side of the ledger, they say, SmackDown talent are scheduled for Raw episodes internally for the September 5th and September 12th shows. This has led talent to speculate internally that the WWE draft will be shortly coming Following Clash of the Castle, this hasn't been confirmed to talent as of yet, but there have been other things that have led them to believe that this will be the case. The report also confirms that the writers have noted that repackages are also more likely following this date as opposed to the immediate future. Good. 
A draft is something that is absolutely needed in the WWE right now and would signify the biggest change, the biggest aspect of change so far in the Triple H era. All I hope for is that things even out, that one show is not greater than the other as far as talent is concerned, that both shows are very much equal down the middle. If I'm Triple H, I'm merging the tag team titles I'm merging the tag team divisions and making them as one where the men's titles float between Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw. That's what I would do. I don't expect that same thing with the women's titles. One could dream and one could fantasy book. I think that would be great if that happened as well. But if Triple H does anything with the draft, we need a more sports-like presentation. They'll probably go about doing the same thing that they've done the past couple of drafts, which is boring. But with Triple H running the show, I do think that this will be the true start of change for both Raw and SmackDown. So this is only a positive for WWE with the draft coming up immediately following Clash at the Castle. Let's get into the show. Women's Tag Team Title Tournament. We got Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez, Gonzalez, and Aaliyah versus Zia Lee and Shotzi. But she's still out there smiling. The fuck is she smiling about? Honey, Vince McMahon's not there anymore. You don't got to smile every fucking camera shot, okay? It's for the tag team titles. I'm going to need you to fucking get serious, okay? You're not petting kittens. You're not going to the fucking pound. You're not going to the adoption center looking at the, the cute little babies here, right? Come on. Give me a fucking break. I need anger. I need intensity. I don't need smiling all through the fucking match. Shotzi Blackheart does a DDT. <laughs> smiling all over the place. Come on. So, I said this online. This match was brutal to watch. This match was not good at all. Very, very, very rough. Zia Lee is not there. Aaliyah is not there. And Shotzi, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Shotzi is not good. Shotzi was a lot better in NXT. I don't, I don't know why. I can't really put my finger on it. But Shotzi is not good, has not been good on the main roster. Lots of miscommunication, botch here, botch there. She got busted open in the fucking match tonight because of Raquel Rodriguez doing a big spinning senton off the second rope. Not good. Not good. Aaliyah is going to be the next Dana Brooke. Aaliyah's been in developmental. Aaliyah was in developmental starting in 2015. She got called up to the main roster with the draft last year. So she was in developmental for five years, six years, five and a half years. Can you imagine being in developmental and still not being where you need to be as far as in-ring performance? Maybe you should find a new craft. Pro wrestling clearly isn't it. She's going to be the next Dana Brooke. How long has Dana Brooke been on the fucking WWE main roster and has not progressed a single bit? That's Aaliyah. I see nothing new. I see nothing innovative. I don't see Aaliyah getting better. At least with Liv Morgan, we saw her progress Week in, week out, year after year after year, she got better. I remember Liv Morgan in NXT where she was wearing those fucking basketball-style jerseys when she was dating Enzo Amore. 
came out wearing cheetah print on her fucking pants, Liv Morgan. She didn't know shit. Look at her now. Some people think she's still not good. There's obvious differences there in her performance. She's a lot better than what she was. But there's no progress there. How can I get behind somebody when there's no progress there? This was terrible. Raquel looked the best out of all four of these women. And she's still green herself. Sony Deville and Natalia were out there. They watched from ringside next week. Sonya Deville and Natalia, they will wrestle Nikita Lyons. Sure, everybody's excited about that, right? Yeah, I still don't understand why everybody's so high on Nikita Lyons. You would think, you would think that everybody thinks that Nikita Lyons is a great uh, <laughs> asset <coughs> to the company. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark, which also I don't get. I don't really get everybody uh, in WWE being so high on Zoe Stark. She's good. I just don't really see uh, the whole uh, the whole fuck. Oh my god, we gotta get on the Zoe Stark rocket pack. I don't get it. So Natalia and Sonya Deville will be wrestling them next week. Hopefully, it's a lot better than what we saw tonight. So Rodriguez, <laughs> Gorilla Press uh, to Alita. Oh, to her opponents. Yeah, Rodriguez Gonzalez, Gorilla Press out there. Aaliyah onto Zia Lee for a near fall. Shotzi recovered and broke up the pin with a senton. Aaliyah then hit a flying crossbody off the apron to the floor. Aaliyah and Lee ended up in front of Natalia and Deville. Rodriguez and Shotzi ended up brawling with Deville and Natalia. Eventually, Deville and Natalia ran off. No reason for them to be out there. They were there, though. So we got the heels here beating down on Aaliyah, cutting off her portion of the ring. There was a scary-looking spot here. Zia Lee held Aaliyah on her shoulder, and Shotzi hit a running neckbreaker and dropped Aaliyah right on the top of her head. I don't know, man. Shotzi is not it on the main roster. Not it. So Zia Lee attempted a suplex, but Aaliyah reversed into a neckbreaker. Rodriguez got the hot tag. <laughs> Smiling all over the place, Rodriguez. Gonzalez. Running wild with the hot tag. And we got her running around. She's doing all these spots. So she's in there. And she hits a fallaway slam on both Shotzi and Xylee. Lee distracted Rodriguez. Heels regained control. The heels set up for a double side rush and leg sweep combination. Instead, Lee has speared Shotzi, which looks sloppy. And Rodriguez hit the power bomb, they, the Tejana bomb, for the one, two, three. Uh, fans popped for the Tejana bomb. And uh, Rodriguez. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez with Aaliyah. They advanced to the uh, semifinals here in the women's tag team title tournament. They will take on the winner of Natalia and Deville. First, Zoe Stark and Thikita Lyons. Now, like I said on Monday when the brackets were announced, I think Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark are going to the finals. I think they're going to the finals. There's no reason why they're even here unless WWE is putting them in the finals to get them some spotlight on the main roster. 
These are the two biggest names that WWE is pushing on NXT right now. These are the two names that are in the highest regard on NXT 2.0. Zoe Stark is about to win the Women's Championship. If she doesn't, I can see her call up to the main roster. And then Nikita Lyons is going to be the predecessor to, or the successor, I should say, to Zoe Stark if she does win the Women's Championship. If she doesn't, she will be the Women's Champion herself, Nikita Lyons. So I think they're going to the finals, and I think they'll be in the finals against Dakota Kai and EO Sky. That is my predicted final for the Women's Tag Team title turn. I can only hope next week's match is a lot better than what we got here. This shit sucked. The match on Monday sucked with Tamina and Dana Brooke, and this match sucked with all four of these women, with Rodriguez being the best of the four, and even she is still green as grass. Not really a good start, not really a good look to the women's tag team title tournament. This match is the very reason why I said burn the titles. They're not needed. If this is the caliber of performance that we're going to get with the women's tag team titles, it is not even a fucking, it it doesn't make any sense to me to bring them back. It's not even worth it to have them on television if this is the mediocre garbage that we're about to get on television. I showed a video package recapping Karrion Cross last week attacking Drew McIntyre. Then we get a soundbite with Cross and Scarlett backstage at SmackDown. Cross, cutting a promo, said it must be nice to be chosen ones like Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, whereas they were meaning him and Scarlett, meaning they were discarded like broken toys. We're prepared. We waited for the perfect time for vengeance. Everybody knows about the bloodline. Now we're going to show them the new timeline because no matter where the time is told, in the end, everybody pays the toll. Tick-tock. So he peeks around the corner, and he sees Drew McIntyre getting ready. His music hits on the PA. He walks out to the ring, and he's eyeing Drew McIntyre like a fucking creeper, like a stalker. It's Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross, man, he didn't really have a big presence on this show. It was just a very minor follow-up to what had happened last week, which makes me think that he's not really going to be factored into the... Clash of the Castle, showdown between Reigns and McIntyre. But man, oh man, can he cut a fucking promo. Cross is a great promo. The body language, the facial expressions, the way he speaks, and the cadence in which he speaks, I love it. It's great. He's one of those guys where he speaks, you stop what you're doing, and you listen. You pay attention to what that man is saying. Awesome stuff. Now, tonight... It was basically very minor. There wasn't really any big push for him to be included in the Universal WWE Heavyweight Championship match, the Undisputed Championship match at Clash of the Castle. I did predict that possibly if they want to include him and get him in the ring, maybe put him in the ring against McIntyre and really get McIntyre at Clash of the Castle, build it around him and having that be his WrestleMania 30 like they gave Daniel Bryan 
If you guys remember back at WrestleMania 30, Brian wrestled Triple H in the opening match. He won the opportunity to make the main event a triple threat match. So that's what I was thinking that they would do. Now, giving Cross a loss in his first match back, not really an ideal situation, but it is Drew McIntyre at the end of the day, and there's no doubt in my mind that Triple H would really make Cross look strong. I would not be worried about that. So that's where I predicted it would go. Cross and McIntyre. McIntyre would put his opportunity on the line just to get Cross. He would beat Cross. And if Cross beat him, he would get included into the match, which McIntyre would end up beating him. He'd go on to wrestle Roman Reigns in the main event one-on-one, and he'd win the Undisputed Championship at Cardiff, Clash of the Castle. And you want to do Austin Theory cashing in or not cashing in, up to creative at that point. But McIntyre and Reigns more than likely will be the one-on-one match. I did not get a sense that Karrion Cross was going to be included in any of this title picture at all. It may happen after Clash of the Castle. And it may be that they are preparing to take those titles, or at least one of them maybe, off of Roman Reigns in Cardiff in three weeks, which would be the best situation possible. We need a major championship back on Monday Night Raw. And we need those titles off of the part-time Roman Reigns. McIntyre is going to be there every week. Cross is going to be there every week. That's what needs to happen. So a very minor role for Cross tonight. I, I don't get a sense that he's going to be included unless they wanted to go the WrestleMania 30 route and do Cross McIntyre to open Cardiff and then do McIntyre Reigns in the main event. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I didn't get a sense that he was going to be included until after Cardiff. McIntyre was in the ring. Had a microphone. Apparently there was a rumor going around today as well that McIntyre may be, may be bringing back broken dreams. He may be bringing back broken dreams in Cardiff at Clash of the Castle. I would love that. And if that happens, there's absolutely no fucking way he's losing that match against Roman Reigns. I'd love to see it, though. That's a, uh, that is a bone-chilling moment if that happens. I'd love to see it. He's in the ring, and he said, it's an exciting time in WWE with a lot of new faces showing up. He said Cross attacked him last week. He said a lot of people probably think he's going to rant and rave about what he's going to do to him. He said Cross was laying low for over a year, waiting for a chance to make a big impact, and he did that last week. He said the person he attacked is going to now deliver a message to him. He said his hands are full now, but next time their paths cross, he'll give him three choices. A knockout, a hospital visit, or a ticket to the graveyard. Gotta love Drew McIntyre. He said he'll send him back to the dungeon he crawled out of. Drew said Roman Reigns isn't at SmackDown tonight. Roman is not at work, he said. He said Roman has begun to believe his own height. So the last two matches he won, it took his friends and family and weapons to beat Brock Lesnar. He said he beat Brock Lesnar with his bare hands. No need to have help from friends and family. And he beat him in the center of the ring in the main event of WrestleMania. He said the island of relevancy is not a real place. He was then interrupted by Cross and Scarlet's music, and out walks Scarlet. Cole said she is Cross's oracle, his angel of doom. McAfee said, I'm not sure what any of that means. I don't think I want to know either, Pat. Don't worry about it. Scarlet entered the ring, 
All of a sudden, the Usos jumped McIntyre from behind. Drew fought back for a little bit. Usos started to really put the boots to him, took him down with 1D, and took him out. Scarlett was still standing on the ring apron watching all of this happen to Drew McIntyre. She stood on the apron and said something to the Usos. While the Usos looked at Scarlett and said, this is bloodline territory. Your man Cross, next time he runs past us, he's going to get his ass handed to him. Scarlett said something, smiled at them and said something about, send this message back to your tribal chief. Something, something, something. I couldn't really hear what she said. But she smiled at them and and she walked away. And they were just standing there confused as to what she said. So no Cross, no Roman. And this was Scarlett delivering a message to the Usos while the Usos delivered a 1D to Drew McIntyre. Lot going on here, man. McIntyre wants Cross. Scarlett apparently says give a message to the tribal chief. Cross is targeting both Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Cross seems to be not really caring about who he targets. Baby faces or heels. He doesn't care. He wants Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a heel. He wants Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is a babyface. So I don't know where Cross is going to really fit in as far as character-wise, but apparently he doesn't really seem to give a shit if you're a heel or babyface. He wants to fucking kill you. And he wants the world championship. So I'm really liking what they got going on here. He cut a great promo. They didn't really put him out there when he didn't need to be out there. And they made Drew McIntyre pretty much do all the work tonight, which he's more than capable of doing. So I thought this was awesome stuff. WWE aired a video on the history of the Intercontinental Championship. I absolutely love this. They began with a collage of wrestlers from the 80s and then the 90s with sound bites from The Rock, Shawn Michaels, Randy Savage, the Honky Tonk Man, Mr. Perfect. And then finally we got into the 2000s where they obviously showcased Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H and all these different guys holding the Intercontinental Championship. It closed with the hype for the main event's intercontinental title match between Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura. I love how they built up the prestige of the Intercontinental Championship throughout the show leading up to the main event. It doesn't take a return, or it doesn't take a two-hour-long storyline to get people invested. Look at what he did tonight. Look at what he did tonight that Vince McMahon would never do. He put together a collage, a video package, highlighting the importance of the Intercontinental Championship with Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer holding that championship and told you throughout the show, this is our second biggest title. This title is a catalyst to find the next world champion. That's what it said to me. When I look at a vignette or a video package like that, that's what it says to me. And it built up throughout the entire show, leading to the big epic introductions of Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura, where they got more than enough time to sell the Intercontinental title and the importance of the Intercontinental title in the main event of the show, where it should be. At all times, it's defended when a world championship is not defended on the same show. I don't know how anybody can hate that. Awesome. Nakamura was backstage. He was warming up. Megan Morant approached Nakamura for an interview. 
All he said was, you can give this message to Gunther for me. Come on, he says. He's ready. Viking Raiders. They've been feuding with the New Day, the new and vicious Viking Raiders. Now, that was a Vince McMahon thing. He had to put this this fucking asterisk over their tag team name, the new and vicious Viking Raiders, right? Yes, Vince, we know that they're vicious. They're not really all that new. All you did was put face paint on them and give them fucking shields with furry fucking kilts. It's all you did. It's all you did to make them new and vicious. Triple H took Triple H two weeks. Said to Michael Cole, we're getting rid of this shit. They're not new and everybody knows they're vicious. I don't need you to tell everybody how vicious they are. We're going to let their actions tell everybody how fucking vicious they are. We didn't get any Michael Cole or Pat McAfee tonight saying that they were the new and vicious Viking Raiders. That shit is done. Gone. Which I'm so fucking happy about. No more new and vicious Viking Raiders. Just the Viking Raiders. So they made their ring entrance. They were supposed to have a tag team match. Kofi Kingston ran out of nowhere from behind and attacked both of them with kendo sticks. He broke it against their shields. They obviously overwhelmed him two-on-one. All of a sudden, they beat him down, and they laid him out on the stage, and Ivar jumps on the barricade right in the aisleway and does a big Viking splash on Kofi Kingston, jumping off the barricade. Michael Cole, at the end of this, called the Raiders enraged, rough, grim, and vicious. Thank you, Cole. Thank you, Cole. They are no longer the new and vicious Viking Raiders. They are just the Viking Raiders. Change. Now, I don't know where this is leading, but I like a focus. I like a a mini storyline on tag team wrestling. I like a nice blood feud between two tag teams. You let the Viking Raiders in the New Day go, they'd give you a fucking barn burner if they wanted. Now, there's no title on the line. I don't know where this is going to take place. I don't know where Xavier Woods is coming back, but I like it. And next week, apparently, we're going to do a Viking funeral for the New Day because they now took out Xavier and now Kofi tonight on SmackDown. These are the top two tag teams right now with the Usos on Friday night. We got Los Lotharios. We got Hit Row back now. We got the Brutes, right? You can make them into a tag team. And if WWE wants to bring Kevin Owens over and put him on SmackDown with Sami Zayn and get Sami and KO together, you could do that as well. But I'm telling you right now, if there is a draft, the tag team division needs to be merged. I say this every fucking year. You're not going to have a tag team on one show with four or five tag teams. You're not going to have a tag team division on one the other show where it's three or four different tag teams. You can't call a division of four or a division of five tag team division. You can't do it. You got to merge those. Realistically, we're operating with one set of titles now. They're carrying around four fucking titles, but we have one unified title. So unify them. Unify the fucking titles and merge the titles into one. No matter who holds them, 
They go from Raw to SmackDown, SmackDown to Raw. If you merge the divisions, I'm telling you right now, the WWE could have a tag team division that rivals AEW. Just do it. I doubt anything that I say happens, but that is the best course of action for the tag team division. Sami Zayn, speaking of which, we cut to Sami Zayn walking up to the locker room door with Roman Reigns' name on it. He's not there tonight. We, I guess we're told that Roman Reigns was there, but he didn't want to appear on the show. So he's pacing back and forth. He ended up knocking on the door. Usos answered. Sammy told them he's been doing a lot of thinking. All of a sudden, Drew McIntyre comes out of nowhere and blasts both Jimmy and Jay Uso, and Sammy Zayn runs away down the hallway. So we beat the shit out of the Usos. Sammy retreated. Drew yelled that every time those two get involved, he's going to beat their asses. And then he yells, oh, Sammy! And he went to go chase Sammy Zayn because he is an honorary Uso. And if you're associated with the bloodline, if you're Drew McIntyre, he's got a claymore waiting for you. Sami Zayn, I love that he ran away. It just adds fuel to the fire about the Usos not really appreciating Sami Zayn and getting on his case for not holding his weight in the bloodline. This is going to really end up bad for Sami because he wants to be in the bloodline, but I hope this all leads to him enlisting Kevin Owens and getting revenge on the Usos. I really do think that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I don't know if it's going to happen at Clash of the Castle, but I'd like to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens challenge the Usos for the tag team titles. I think that would be fucking fantastic. And that is my prediction for the next tag team title match that we get. It's going to be Sami and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for the undisputed tag team championship. Hit Row. We talked about Hit Row in the beginning. They squashed two jobbers, Brandon Scott and Trevor Irvin. Two minutes. Hit Row did a dropkick suplex combination as a finishing move, and that was pretty much it. Hit Row cut a mid-ring promo, closing with, if you didn't know, now you know. McAfee did mention there's been some realigning of the tag team division on SmackDown. Good to know. The fact that he said that, We're getting a priority on tag team restructuring and tag team wrestling on SmackDown. That is the best thing to me. Thumbs up from me. So we got a AJ Styles match announced during this show. AJ Styles is facing Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw for the United States Championship. I wonder where this is going. I like the fact that the United States Championship is also being positioned as the title on Monday Night Raw because there isn't any world championship. So I found that to be quite quite nice to see that they put that into the show and they highlighted that, that AJ Styles will be challenging Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. Gunther, he was chatting it up with Ludwig Kaiser. Kayla Braxton walked up to them. Gunther yelled that she should go tell Nakamura that is going to suffer at the hands of the ring general. Very much looking forward to this match. They've been building it up all throughout the show. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, there was a report earlier today that Ronda Rousey would be on the show, and we got Ronda Rousey. We got hit row, we got Ronda Rousey. So the reports 
from PW Insider were spot on. Ronda Rousey, she was kayfabe suspended for a week, or maybe she still is kayfabe suspended, and she was kayfabe fined. How much money, I don't know. But we got a table in the ring. We're going to get a contract signing here between Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler. Ronda Rousey made her way through the crowd and over the barricade wearing all black. She had everything black on, like she usually does. She had a duffel bag with her, and in the duffel bag was money, which we came to find out was money. She placed it on the table. She smiled, and she stood in the middle of the ring. She said she's not supposed to be here because they suspended me for my actions at SummerSlam. We got a big Ronda, Ronda, Ronda chant. I don't know if this is uh, going according to the heel playbook, but Ronda seems to be getting more cheers now after what she did at SummerSlam. I was fined a lot of money for what I did at SummerSlam. And she pours the cash onto the table from the duffel bag. And she says, supposedly I was fined. I don't care. I paid double. And I'm sure it won't be the last time that I'm fine. What can I say? Being the baddest woman on the planet gets expensive. But I can afford it, says Ronda Rousey. Security walked to the ring. And Rousey, Rousey says, well, I was about to leave on my own, but uh, you can try and make me leave. Let's see how that works out for you, says Ronda Rousey. She tossed down one of the female security officers. Then she threatened to apply an armbar on her. She then mouthed it off to one other security guard who was twice her size. And then she walked to the back, and that was it. But on her way to the back, Shayna Baszler walks by Ronda Rousey. And Shayna Baszler gets in Ronda Rousey's face and says, you just can't do that. That's not how things work around here. You got to play by the rules, and then you get what you want. Ronda Rousey then says to Shayna Baszler, What is wrong with you? You used to be a killer. Not anymore. And then walks away. And then she walks away. Baszler entered the ring. She gets in the ring and has a microphone and she was gloating about her gauntlet match and that she beat all of the SmackDown women's division in one night. And then she got the title match against Liv Morgan. She signed the contract and said Liv will be the next to fall. She called Liv out to walk out to the ring to make it official. She vowed to tear her apart limb by limb at Clash at the Castle. You know, can we get... This is my, this is my, uh, my recommendation here, okay? Can we get Shayna Baszler to teach Ronda Rousey how to cut a promo? I think that'd go over very well. Seriously. I think Shayna Baszler needs to teach Ronda Rousey how to cut a promo. Meanwhile, listen, at the same time, you could cut, you could cut a promo and teach Liv Morgan how to cut a promo too. Have Shayna Baszler teach Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan how to cut a fucking promo. Because both of them are terrible. Awful. Liv made her entrance. She's got her arm in a brace. She's selling the Ronda Rousey attack from SummerSlam. Liv told Shayna Baszler that she won't beat her. She called her a bootleg Ronda Rousey. 
Now, to be bootleg Ronda Rousey, you have to speak like you're about to put the people to sleep. And speak all drowsy. Shayna Bezler does not speak like Ronda Drowsy. <sighs> no. No, she doesn't speak like that. A bootleg Ronda Rousey. She said she beat the real deal twice. And at Cardiff, she's going to beat Shayna Baszler too. Now, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. She beat the real deal twice. Now, Liv Morgan got booze last week. Why did Liv Morgan get booze last week, folks? The crowd booed her. They booed her out of the building. Why did they boo her out of the building? It's because Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, they played Liv Morgan up as this underdog fighting from behind babyface who then wins the title by cheating, right? Or not really cheating. It's a cheap way for a babyface to win the title. And she wins the title via heel fashion by cashing in on Ronda Rousey, who is a babyface herself after Ronda just wrestled Natalia. And then she beats Ronda again at SummerSlam when she tapped out before the three count was made. The arm bar was applied. The referee did not see Liv Morgan tapping out to the triangle choke or the arm bar, whatever the fuck the submission was at SummerSlam. He opted to count Ronda Rousey's shoulders down to the mat. That's all he was fixated on. But meanwhile, Liv Morgan tapped out. Every single promo that Liv Morgan caught, she's like, you're going to have to pry this title from my dead, cold hands. You're going to have to kill me to take this championship. I fought so hard to get this championship. Meanwhile, she's over there tapping out to Ronda Rousey. So when the fans see this, they're going to associate that with Liv being a bullshit artist. Liv can't even back up her fucking words. Liv has not lived up to what she has been talking about. WWE thinks their fans are stupid. So why did Liv Morgan get booed? That's why. Liv Morgan lied. Liv Morgan is a bullshit artist. Liv Morgan is a babyface taking the cheapest ways out against the most legit woman in the WWE, Ronda Rousey. Yes, I'm sure that's going to go over swimmingly with the babyface portion of the audience. You're a bullshit artist. WWE had her booed out of the building last week. WWE concealed the booze today. She got booed. She got booed. WWE masked with fake crowd noise. They typed, or they, they piped in Liv Morgan cheers to mask the booing. So yes, the rigged crowds and the cheap crowds, the piped-in crowd noise is still there on WWE television. After I thought it went away. So Liv is out there saying, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to beat you too. She was all serious and all serious and stern. She tossed the mic over her shoulder as if anybody believes what this woman is saying. She signed the contract. She held her belt up. And she got another you tapped out chant, which was masked by cheers. So Liv Morgan turned to leave. Shayna Baszler grabbed her arm and rammed it into the table. She twisted her arm, stepped on her arm. Liv cried out in pain. And at the end of all of this, 
She fights back, she fights back, she fights back, and she puts Shayna Baszler through the table in the middle of the ring, and Liv Morgan stood over Shayna Baszler holding her title up. Let's start with Ronda. Ronda felt a little bit more comfortable in her own skin being an absolute bitch on the microphone and being a bitch as far as her character progression. The way she acted tonight is how I envision Ronda. They had Ronda coming out, <laughs> smiling and fucking shaking hands and high-fiving people. Give me a fucking break, man. Nobody wants to see that, Ronda. Nobody wants to see this wholesome fucking let me walk grandma down the fucking street while she's carrying her fucking three groceries. Give me a fucking break. Oh, you, 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 you darling, can you help me cross the street? I have the eggs and the milk and the bread with me, please. Ronda Rousey's over there smiling. Yeah, sure, sure, Grandma. Let's go. Let's go. Smiling. Give me a fucking break. Everybody wants to see that, Ronda. Everybody wants to see Ronda be a complete bitch. That's what we got tonight. Dropping money on the table. I don't give a fuck. Find me. I doubled it. You didn't have to ask me. I did it anyway. Why? Because I'm Ronda Rousey and I can afford it. It's going to happen again anyway. Now, she sucks cutting a promo, but the basis of the promo, that's Ronda Rousey. That's the Ronda I want to see. Let me fucking break with this other shit. Vince and Bruce are fucking clueless. Triple H knows how to book Ronda Rousey, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Now, Liv Morgan, on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what Vince and Bruce were doing with Liv Morgan, but this shit is a complete fucking failure. She is not walking out of Clash of the Castle as SmackDown Women's Champion. I'm sorry. If anything from this segment, if I took away anything from this segment, it's that Liv is going to continue to get booed. Ronda Rousey is going to be a badass babyface. I, listen, as long as she plays the badass babyface, I'm fine. I don't want to see Ronda Rousey coming out there fucking waving and doing fucking, uh, you know, uh, selfies and shit. Nobody wants to see that. But from the looks of it, Shayna may be a heel and Ronda may be a babyface. I feel like Triple H is going to give us a Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey feud. That's where I think he's going with that. Now, I don't know what that means for Shayna Baszler, but I like it. I like it. I really think that Ronda and Shayna should be a duo. I mean, if you want fucking tag teams with the new tag team titles being brought back to television, I mean, you can't get any fucking more legit than Shayna Baszler or Ronda Rousey. I don't know, man. They could go either way. You want to do Shayna and Ronda one-on-one or you want to do Shayna Baszler teaming up? Liv Morgan, I'm telling, this, I'm telling you this right now. No matter what the outcome is at Clash of the Castle, I have no idea what the fuck they're doing. The one outcome that cannot be is Liv Morgan cannot walk out of Cardiff as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Her days are numbered. I'll go buy you fucking Liv Morgan stands, the Kleenex, at Stop and Shop next time they're on sale, man. I'll look at the fucking flyers I get in the mail. Like the old lady, Ronda Rousey, was walking across the street. Oh, Alfred, we, we have a Kleenex. They're two for four over at Stop and Shop, Tay. I'm going to cut this out of the fucking flyer. Come on, man. Get used to it. 15 minutes is over for Liv Morgan. I'm sorry. 
You can blame Bruce and Vince McMahon for this failure that is Liv Morgan. Moving on. Drew McIntyre did a handicap match with the Usos. And all of a sudden, we get Madcap Moss showing up. And he is opting to be McIntyre's partner against the Usos. So once rivals, now they are tag team partners. So we got Madcap and Drew McIntyre beating the Usos in about nine minutes. So Usos were in control here. They isolated Moss on their side of the ring. Moss fought back, tagged in McIntyre. McIntyre was getting beat down two-on-one here. McIntyre ran wild, hit a big net breaker on Jimmy off of a hot tag. Set up for the Claymore, but Sami Zayn ran into the ring. He wanted to be the good honorary oos that he is. So McIntyre went after Zayn. That allowed Jimmy to the super kick. Jay followed up with a diving splash for a two count. Uso set up for the 1D, but Moss pulled Jay out of the ring. They brawled around ringside, fell over the barricade. McIntyre caught Jimmy with a Glasgow kiss. Jimmy responded with a super kick. McIntyre quickly recovered. He then hit the Claymore for the one, two, three. So Madcap and McIntyre gets the victory. After the match, McIntyre tried to give Jay the Claymore, but Sami Zayn jumped in the way and shoved him out of the way and took the Claymore for Jay Uso instead. Now, they're not even going to give a shit. They're not going to ask how he is. This is going to be it. He saved Jay Uso from taking a Claymore. And they're not going to acknowledge that he's an ooze. This is going to be it. The cookie is crumbling for Sami Zayn. And his hopes are being dashed by the Usos. He's not going to be in the bloodline. No matter how much he wants, he's not going to be in the bloodline. This is going to be the start of that. Maximum male models. They were in the middle of a photo shoot. Why? I don't know. We went backstage to Max Dupree. Yes, the champions lost. Yes. Yes, the champions did lose. I forgot to mention that. I, uh, I can't tell you. The Usos losing to Drew Matt. But listen, man, that, that goes to show you that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Why are the Usos, why, first of all, why are the Usos being put in a tag team situation to lose non-title matches? They are the tag team champions. I don't really understand why they needed to lose. But McIntyre's getting the world championship match, which is more important. Roman Reigns or the Usos? McIntyre's got to look strong. But at the end of it all, I'm going to say, why book the match? Why book the match? Champions losing on television in non-title matches is formulaic and fucking antiquated. This is the old administration. This is now Triple H. We can't have that happen. Max Dupree. And Maxine Dupree is backstage. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. My boy Humberto Carrillo. You know Humberto, right? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Humberto! He can't even be that anymore. He's not on fucking television. When was the last time he lost? Guy lives by the letter L. Humberto. So, maximum male models here having a photo shoot. Max Dupree is not happy. Garza and Humberto walk in. Garza said they should be signed to be models in maximum male models because they are 
the most handsome tag team in WWE. Now, listen, man. Listen. He says they're the most handsome tag team in WWE. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think that Garza is correct. I think they're the most handsome tag team in WWE. So why aren't they on television? So Max gets in his face. He gets in Garza's face. I love when L.A. Knight gets in people's faces and he just speaks to them. He says, they're not maximum male model material. Humberto says, listen, we weren't talking to you. We were talking to her. And then they go over to Maxine Dupree. Angel told her to give them a call. Dupree, he didn't really understand what they were trying to get at. But he told his guys, Mansoir and Marseille, to get back to work. Time is money and we're losing money. Back to the photo shoot. Now, Garza and Humberto, I like the fact that they've been put on television here. This may be lame, and this may not be uh, the best for Garza and Humberto, but it does fit the Lethal Lovers, the Los Lotharios, and I think that they have big potential. If WWE, if Triple H wants to get them back in the tag team ranks and really start building them up to be a credible tag team. Now, the news, I don't know if you guys heard the news. Apparently, Angel Garza may be getting the Garza surname back. Humberto may be getting Carrillo back as well because, you know, Vince McMahon cut their last names. They were just named Angel. Angel what? Angel Hernandez? One of the worst MLB umpires of all time. Who the fuck is Angel? Angel who? Angel Sanchez. Angel Pasta. What the fuck is Angel? Who's Angel? I don't know. This is what he did. You're now Angel. Who the fuck is Angel? I know who Angel Garza is. Now we'll just leave you Angel and we'll have you be Angel Hair fucking pasta. Angel Angel Hair Linguini. The fuck are you kidding me? You serious? Humberto. Who's Humberto? I got a fucking place right down the road called Humberto's that makes fucking pizza. Who's Humberto? Humberto Carrillo. I know who that is. Vince is mental. The last name protocol may be finished. Angel Garza may be getting Garza back, and Humberto may be getting Carrillo back. Now let's get Pete Dunn back. Now let's get Tommaso back. Let's keep the ball rolling, huh? Braxton, she interviewed Rick O'Shea. He bragged about laughing about McAfee kicking Happy Corbin straight in the junk. Clip out of Ricochet beating Corbin last week. They showed Pat McAfee kicking the football into the crowd and him tossing the football to Ricochet. Ricochet said it feels good. He feels like he's being shot right out of a cannon. That's a shoot, folks. No matter how you want to spin it, that's a shoot. He feels like he's being shot out of a cannon. Ricochet, man, finally able to smile. He's got a hot girlfriend, and now he's got his man, Triple H, booking creative, man. He's in good hands now. He is living life, is Ricochet, man. 
He says he feels like he's being shot right out of a cannon. He says it doesn't matter who wins tonight because after tonight, he'll be waiting on either Gunther or Shinsuke Nakamura. Corbin all of a sudden attacked Ricochet, taunted him and said, listen, bro, we're just getting started. Nakamura and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. This was your main event. They gave these guys about 14 or so minutes. And this was awesome. Hard-hitting match. We got strong style or style strong here in this match. You know who we haven't seen style strong? We haven't seen, uh, what's his name on NXT, man? Fucking jacket guy. Jacket time. Aikaman Jiro. <laughs> you know, with the fucking jackets. Strong style. Style strong, right? We got strong style here, motherfucker. Let me tell you. This was great. Gunther had an early advantage. He backed Nakamura in the corner, but missed the chop. Nakamura briefly took over and took it to Gunther with some Nakamura-style kicks. Gunther avoided Nakamura with a leapfrog, hit a big boot to the face. He regained control, quickly transitioned into a Boston Crab, and switched to an SDF. Nakamura escaped, fought back with some kicks. Gunther responded with some hard chops. Devastating. I'm telling you, you couldn't pay me all the fucking money in the world to take a Gunther chop, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Nakamura's chest at the end of this match looked like chopped meat. Awful. Gunther responded with some chops. Nakamura locked on an armbar. Gunther broke free. Nakamura continued to target Gunther's arm. Gunther then destroyed Nakamura with even more chops. Gunther and Nakamura, they were trading back and forth. Gunther regained control with a German suplex. Went for a diving splash, but he came down and Nakamura caught him in midair with an armbar. Gunther broke free. Suplex Nakamura. Crowd was quickly behind Nakamura here, trying to mount a comeback. Nakamura rocked Gunther with a big knee to the face. Followed up with a sliding German suplex in the ropes like he usually does. Gunther quickly recovered. Hit a shotgun dropkick. One of the scariest things that you could look at if you're in that ring is fucking the size of a man like Gunther, coming at you with a fucking missile shotgun dropkick. Never. Never. Nakamura fought back, hit a knee, set up for the Kinshasa. Fans got to their feet. They started really backing Nakamura and going for Nakamura. Gunther destroyed Nakamura with a clothesline and turned him inside out. Gunther locked on a sleeper. Nakamura broke free of the sleeper. Gunther hit another shotgun dropkick to Nakamura's back as he was trying to get up to a vertical base. Then he hits the powerbomb, floats him over, one, two, three, and that was it. At the end of the show, Gunther and Kaiser posed with the Intercontinental title in the middle of the ring, and that was the way SmackDown went off the air. I thought tonight was a great show. I thought tonight was a great show. Outside of the women's tag team tournament match and the Usos losing that non-title tag team match and Ronda Rousey's terrible promo skills, I thought this was a good show. I did. I thought this was a very, very good show. It was focused. I loved the attention on the Intercontinental title. I loved Hit Row coming back. I thought this was a thumbs-up show. The shows are feeling a lot better, man. They're a lot more fluid. They flow a lot better. 
Uh, you never know. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but you never know what you're going to get. You never know what to expect with Triple H, man. He can pull out a surprise at any given moment. And I like that sense of unpredictability. You never know what you're going to get with Triple H. So I thought SmackDown was a thumbs-up show, and I'm very much looking forward to Monday, man. We got a lot, of, a lot of news coming out Monday with Dexter Loomis showing up on the show and obviously Champa and, and him rising through the ranks on Monday night. Some exciting stuff happening, man. Some exciting stuff. I'm really, really excited to see where Triple H takes this brand. Awesome. All right, guys, let's check the chat. We're going to go into the AEW Dynamite or AEW Ramp. I wish Dynamite. AEW Rampage portion of the show. Get those super chats in, guys. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. We're going to hang out at the end of the show, man. Get them on in. We got, uh, I got my cold beverage. I got a backup just we, just in case we go long. We'll be here, man. So get them on in. Let me know what you think of SmackDown. Let me know what you think of Rampage tonight. We got eight new members. Eight new members, man. Let's try for over 10 members, man. Half off for the month of August. You guys are getting five new emotes in just the next few weeks. Two new badges. So sign up, man. Great, great value for this month. $249 instead of $499, man. 50% off. Your first month is 50% off. Hit that thumbs up as well. We need 98 more likes for 1,000 likes minimum. That is the goal, man. 1,000 minimum. On tonight's SmackDown AEW Rampage Post Show. Sponsored by my friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off. Free international shipping. And two free gifts when you use that promo code SCRIPT20 at checkout. When it comes to feeling confident, guys, Manscaped has got you covered. Whether you are going out trying to find the ladies, or if you just want to feel good about yourself this summer, man. Summer's going to be over before you blank, man. You got to go out with a (coughs) bang. Legitimately. Manscaped is going to help you get there. You may hit the gym, try out a fresh new style, hairstyle, clothing style. But what happens when you're ready to seal the deal? How confident are you? How confident are you in the bedroom? How confident are you as far as you are concerned? In 2022, man, that means if you're not managing your body hair and getting yourself right, yes, I'm talking about your little world champions down there. You're missing the boat, man. A big misconception about male grooming is that you have to go completely bare. You don't. I got a tool for the job, though. It's going to get you right, man. The Lawnmower 4.0 by Manscaped. Waterproof, cordless. It's got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks and cuts. Then... You got the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant. You got the Crop Reviver, Ball Toner. You got the Weed Whacker, the Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Get those pesky little spots, man. It's going to get you covered in all those pesky spots that you don't normally see or that you can't get to. And then they're going to give you two free gifts, man. You're going to get the Shed Travel Bag, which I love. It's my favorite part of of the performance package. And you got the Manscaped Boxers. Anti-chafing boxers, man. I love them. 
Awesome. You guys get all this when you sign up at manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Go hit up Manscaped, man. They are sponsoring the podcast for the rest of the year right here on OTS. That free shipping is clutch, man. Let me tell you, that free shipping is clutch. Manscaped.com. AEW Rampage. We start the show off with Brian Danielson. He's in the middle of the ring. And uh, this was fucking awesome, man. This was probably, this was easily by far and away the best portion of the entire show was Brian Danielson, which is not really a surprise to anybody because Brian Danielson is fucking awesome. He is so good. I'm glad he's back and he adds so much to the overall show. So Shivani's in the ring. He asked Danielson about Garcia calling himself the Dragon Slayer. Danielson said he might not ever be 100% again, but nothing makes him feel more alive than being in this ring and he will never stop wrestling. Garcia all of a sudden interrupts and said Danielson is his hero, but it sounds like his hero is coming up with excuses. The thought of his hero retiring hurts Garcia. He says, Brian has retired, come back. Retired, come back. You retiring hurts me. And in turn, when you hurt me, it makes me want to hurt you. He says he's going to end Danielson's career and he'll be forced to call Daniel Garcia the best technical sports entertainer on the planet. Danielson said, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's this sports entertainment bullshit Chris Jericho is brainwashing you and manipulating you. He goes and talks about when he first got into AEW, he saw Daniel Garcia and immediately wanted to look at him as a potential for the Blackpool Combat Club. Looking at Daniel Garcia go 60 minutes in front of 200 people on the independent circuit, saying that Daniel Garcia was one of the best up-and-coming talents he's seen in decades. Danielson can't stand this sports entertainment garbage. He said he saw Garcia wrestle. Do you want to be the best technical sports entertainer in the world? Or do you want to be the best technical wrestler in the world? This was a great fucking segment. Now, the rumor is, and you could see the inklings of it here. The rumor is that it will be Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho at all out one on one. Don't know if there will be a stipulation involved with that. Don't really need to be. Doesn't need to be one. But Jericho versus Danielson at All Out is the right way to go about it. Because not only does Jericho do the sports entertainment stick with the JIS, if Danielson out here saying he can't stand it. Nobody in the Blackpool Combat Club can stand the sports entertainment bullshit. So Jericho is doing the sports entertainment stuff and Danielson can't stand it. You might as well just go and kill the head off the snake. And that is Chris Jericho. Plus, we already got a built-in feud here with Danielson being out for months because of what Jericho and Jake Hager did to Danielson at Anarchy in the arena. So, this is going to be the match. Jericho and Danielson at All Out. And you know what? They're going to fucking kill it. When you want to look at MVPs... For AEW in 2022. There's a couple of names on that list. Daniel Garcia is on that list. 
He's not at the top, but he's on the list. John Moxley's probably number one to me. You're going to look at a guy like, you know, Danielson always. You're going to look at somebody like Swerve and Keith Lee this year. They came a long way. You're going to look at a guy like Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood. He has been having him and Cash. I can't leave Cash out. Dax, I said this at the scrum when I asked him. Now, what do you think about the online chatter about you being pro wrestler of the year? They loved it. Cash was like, he is pro wrestler of the year. I'm like, I know. I'll put my ballot in, my vote in for Dax Harwood. But MVPs, Mox, Dax, you got to include Jericho. You got to include Jericho. Jericho has transformed his body this year. He looks fucking incredible. Go look at his Instagram. Look at him now compared to when he was Lionheart Chris Jericho 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Look. He looks fucking incredible. Jericho has had some of the best matches in all of his AEW tenure this year. Moxley on Wednesday was great. Eddie Kingston at Revolution was fucking great. Anarchy in the arena was tremendous. Jericho really needs to be on your list as potential MVPs for AEW. And you're going to put him in the ring. Jericho right now is really hitting a nice fucking groove. You're going to put him in the ring with Danielson? That is going to be a match of the year candidate. Mark my words. I can't wait to see those two go at it. That is going to be tremendous. I'm very, very excited about that in Chicago. Moving on. AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championships. Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello, the newlyweds, defeated Dante Martin and Sky Blue. This was fun. That went about, uh, I'd say they went about 10 minutes or so. This was fun. Dante Martin looked great. Sky Blue looked decent here. Tay looked great. Sammy always looks good. So it was basic. You know, mixed tag team rules. The ladies are in. The men got to tag out. The men are in. The ladies got to tag out. So on and so forth. We did get some. We did get some ladies on men's action in here for a little bit. There was a nice Hurricane Rana there by Sky Blue, I believe, on Sammy. That looked good. So the two pairings went at each other, and they were going at it fast and furious. Things kind of settled down a little bit. Tay protected Sammy from an attack by Dante. This led to the two women tagging in. Sky came in with a diving crossbody. They traded slaps back and forth. I think Sky Blue slapped the shit out of Tay Conti at one point. So Sky fought out, and Tay had it had uh, control of Sky. Tay, uh, Tay was in control. Sky fought out. Returned fire with some kicks. Sammy tripped her up, allowing Tay to take control. So Sky finally reached Dante for a hot tag. Series of drop kicks allowed Dante to land a big suicide dive on Sammy. Tay grabbed Dante's boot again on the outside, but Dante launched off of Tay's back to hit a destroyer for a near fall. The two women took the two men out, and Sky Blue hurricane Ron at Sammy down, and Tay took it to Dante Martin. Tay saw an opening on Sky Blue and hit the Tay KO for the one, two, three, and they retained the AAA Mixed Tag Team Championships. Fun. This was a fun match. Doesn't really mean much of anything in the grand scheme of things, but a fun match it was, and Sammy and Tay Mello win and retain the titles. 
The Lucha Brothers, Alex Abrahantes, they cut a video promo. Penta said they weren't done with Andrade, El Idolo, and Roosh. But in the meantime, Death Triangle will become the first ever AEW Trios World Champions. Their match with the United Empire, Will Ospreay and Aussie Open, was announced for the August 24th episode of Dynamite. That is going to be awesome. And that show is in Cleveland, where I'm hearing, I don't know where he's going to show up, but Johnny Gargano could show up anywhere, man. They're in Cleveland. AEW is in Cleveland on the 24th. We may see Johnny Gargano show up for AEW, but I do think he's on his way back to WWE. But the possibility is there. Parker Boudreaux with Slim J. They are the trust busters. He defeated Sonny Kiss in what was, thankfully, a squash match. Uh, Boudreaux immediately flattened Sonny with a lariat and a tackle. Sonny tried to mount whatever offense, if you can call it offense. He tried to mount some offense, was immediately cut off. Big back suplex by Boudreaux. Squash win. That was it. Good. Good. The less of Sonny Kiss I have to see on my television, the better. Goodbye. We got Andrade El Idolo. And Roosh backstage. They're with Private Party. Andrade said they would win the AW World Trios Championships. And Cassidy got in his face. He says, listen, we're going to win the Trios Championships. We don't need you. Excalibur said Private Party was going to get the tag team titles. And they were going for a tag team title opportunity. But I don't know why they're getting a tag team title match. Private Party versus Swerve and Keith Lee supposedly taking place next week but they're not even ranked in the top five. So I don't know what's going on there. But Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee, sign me up for whatever they got cooking up. Gun Club. Austin Gun and Colton Gun with Billy Gun. Lots of guns. They defeated Beardhausen, Eric Redbeard, and Danhausen. This was fun for a while it was, or, you know, for how long it lasted. I mean, it's, it's like a dark fucking show. It's like a dark elevation. No wonder people don't watch Rampage, man. When you give shit like this, nobody's going to watch. You ain't giving people a reason to watch this, especially in the middle of the summertime when I could be out fucking having a cold beverage. Fuck's going to be home. I'm home. Because this is what I do. This is my job. Nobody's going to be home watching this shit. Nobody's going to be home waiting to watch Sonny Kiss wrestle on a Friday night. I'm sorry. Beardhausen was fending off attacks here by the guns. He tagged in Danhausen. He went for a curse. It's cut off by Colton. After a commercial, Beardhausen, Redbeard, got the tag, ran wild on the gun club. He took them out and flattened them with a running crossbody. Back inside, Redbeard hit a slingshot senton and a spinning heel kick for two. Gun club tried to take it to Redbeard two on one, but Redbeard overpowered them, hit a double suplex. Danhausen tagged in, called for a double team, but Billy pulled down the ropes, sending Redbeard to the outside. This allowed Austin to hit the Famouser on Danhausen for the one, two, three. After the match, Billy said the gun club needed to toughen up some more, and they've got another match on Dynamite next week to make that happen. I don't know what they what they got going on here, but apparently it's tough love from father gun to the sons. 
of Billy Gunn. I don't know. I don't know. Stokely Hathaway on Dynamite, he handed them or tried to hand the gun club a business card. And Billy Gunn said, get the fuck out of here. Took the business card, threw it away. Stokely Hathaway was in the crowd. They walked out all dejected because their father just berated them in the middle of the ring. And Stokely's there handing them another card. And Austin and Colton Gunn, they think about it, but then they kind of blow him off and walk away. So I don't know what Stokely Hathaway is thinking here, but he's looking to enlist the guns. We'll see what happens. Swerve and our glory were backstage. Asked about private party coming for the tag team titles. Keith Lee said it is not even that serious. He destroyed, uh, he destroyed uh, Cassidy and then destroyed Quinn. So if you can't beat me one-on-one, what makes you think you could beat us two-on-two? Not going to happen. So Swerve and Private Party, you know, he said Private Party isn't even in the top five, so the fuck are you doing here? No matter, we'll cut you a break. We're going to beat you, and then you can be on your way. Hook. Hook had an interview in the middle of the ring with Shivani. Shivani asked about the FTW championship always being an open challenge. Hook simply responded, yup. Someone named Zach Clayton came out and challenged him for the FTW championship. Apparently, this guy said he's from New Jersey, New Jersey. He is apparently, if you guys don't know who this is, Zach Clayton is actually a professional wrestler. I don't know who he was until I remembered the name. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And then I'm like, oh, that's who he is. Zach Clayton is actually married to Wow of Jersey Shore fame. That's her husband. And he is a professional wrestler. And supposedly very good. I know this because I do believe his name was thrown around once or twice in Hog Creator. I don't know what his deal was, but apparently he's pretty decent. So that's Jay Wow's husband from Jersey Shore. So he challenged Hook for the FTW title, said he's going to take the FTW title and bring it back to the Jersey Shore, but it needs to be done next week on Rampage because he does things and Jersey uh, New Jerseyans do things on their own time. I won't know. I'm not from New Jersey. AEW Dynamite next week. Trios Tournament. Bucks and rumored Omega versus Andrade, Roosh, and Dragon Lee. Tony Storm versus Kylan King. Gun Club versus the Varsity Blondes. And Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Two out of three falls. Rampage next week. Trios Championship Tournament. Best Friends versus the Trustbusters. Slim J, Ari Davari, and Parker Boudreaux. AEW Tag Team Title, Swerve, In Our Glory versus Private Party, and Hook against Zach Clayton. Not really a must-see show, but sounds a lot better than this week's. Orange Cassidy, he defeated Ari Davari in the main event. This wasn't bad at all. Two very good professional wrestlers in there, Orange Cassidy and Ari Davari. Orange fought out of a sleeper, leading to two men hitting simultaneous clotheslines, so they do a double down. Orange climbed the ropes, counted a iconoclasm, account, uh, allowing him to land a diving crossbody. Ari Davari came back with a neckbreaker, but another counter from Orange led to another double down of both guys. Ari reversed the Orange punch into a urinagi, 
Orange fired up with a Tornado DDT, then a diving DDT for two. Slim J hopped on the apron. Chuck Taylor stopped him. Orange Cassidy took out Boudreaux with the suicide dive. Ari Davari hit the Iconoclasm for a very close near fall. Orange avoided a thrust kick and hit the Orange Punch out of nowhere for the one, two, three. After the match, the best friends took care of Slim J. Then Boudreaux single-handedly destroyed the best friends. He and Orange faced off, but then all of a sudden, Sonny Kiss walked out to back him up. It was a swerve. Sonny Kiss low-blowed Orange, allowing Boudreaux to hit him with a power slam. Sonny Kiss turns heel and, from what I see, has joined the Trustbusters. You know, I wanted to care about the Trustbusters. I wanted to actually like what Ari Davari was doing here. I'm a big fan of Boudreaux. Parker Boudreaux's my boy. And we got Slim J. I don't know jack shit about Slim J, but whatever. Slim J hasn't done or said anything to me, so Slim J is cool in my book. But Sonny Kiss, really? Sonny Kiss is a trust buster? Folks, you, you, you want me, Jesse, sh- shut up, bro. Okay, I, I got to get this off my chest, okay? I, I, got, I got to get this off my chest. You may be a fan of Sonny Kiss. I am not. Sonny Kiss to me is nauseating television. Sonny Kiss to me is a cosplay professional wrestler, okay? You want people to take this fucking show seriously. You want people to take AEW seriously, yet you want to parade around Sonny Kiss on television. I understand Tony Khan's got a lot of talent that he can't give TV time to all the time. People are going to be put on TV. People are going to be left out. Sonny Kiss, fortunately, has been left out. When you are good enough to be on TV, then you should be given TV time. Sonny Kiss has done nothing to get better. Nothing. Sonny Kiss is just there. Sonny Kiss exists. Sonny Kiss is only on television because Sonny Kiss complained on social media about not getting television time. So now we are in the situation where Sonny Kiss is on television and now in the Trustbusters, a group that Tony Khan himself has put together because he's very high on all three guys. Now we got to put Sonny Kiss in the Trustbusters, and now by default, I don't give a shit about the Trustbusters. You want to end Rampage with that? Good luck getting a fucking audience. Nobody wants to see this shit. Get it off television. This is why nobody's going to take Rampage seriously. Fortunately, this didn't happen on Dynamite. I would have went off even more. I felt I was uh, at least honest and respectful here. This shit sucks. Get it off television. Rampage is fucking garbage. Today was garbage. The last couple weeks were fine. Tonight sucked. If I want to go watch Dark, I'll go watch Dark on YouTube. You got one hour of television to captivate me, and this is nothing more than a fucking Dark taping. Gotta start making this show into the fucking B show, man. I'm never going to take this show seriously until it is AEW's SmackDown. At two hours, live, on a Thursday night, or a Tuesday night. Fucking shit.
Sunny Kiss is fucking garbage. I don't know why Sunny Kiss is on my television. Go and complain on social media. Go ahead. Got this fucking team in the trios tournament, and now we got Sunny Kiss potentially showing up on fucking dynamite. Yeah, what a way to turn people off. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the super chats. Listen, I'm sorry, man. I, I want good professional wrestling on my show. Serious professional wrestling. When I see people doing fucking hand, hand flip back flips and fucking slaps. Come on, man. Get this shit off my fucking television. Super chats are open, guys. Get them on in. Eight new members tonight. Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. It's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. 20 likes for 1,000. 20 likes for 1,000. Hey, go check out Manscaped, man. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free international shipping. Joseph Taylor with $2 Super Chat. Zero dollar is back on my television. Bottom dollar is back on SmackDown. Michelle Moran. $2 Super Chat. Out of spite, Cross may help Drew win at Cardiff. You know, Michelle, I could actually see that. I could actually see that happen. Not a good, not a bad call, Michelle. Not a bad call at all. Good stuff. Neil Greenwall with a $49.99 Super Chat. I've been with you for eight years and finally a member. Now just something to show appreciation for all you do. Neil Greenwall. Cheers to you, brother. Thank you, man. Casket Mob with a 1999 Super Chat. Much love, JD. I can never fully stay up for the streams due to work and pro wrestling training. Just wanted to leave a couple of bucks. Looking forward to tuning in tomorrow morning. Stay blessed. OTS LTB for life. Thank you, Casket Mob. Good luck with that wrestling training, brother. Marcus Edwards. Thank you for the new, the new membership, bro. DRP Live with a six-month membership. Better movie, Heat or Casino? Bro, I'm going Casino all day long. Casino is one of my favorite movies of all time. Sidro, Richard Scarlett, Jermel Yates, Mr. Biggs, Taze X, Mazo, and Fabian Cleveland. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. What are we drinking tonight? Thank you guys very much, man. Thank you. 
Appreciate you very much, man. Get those memberships in. New emotes and badges coming, and it's 50% off this month. Ricardo with the six-month membership. Even under new management, they still insist on making the tag team champs lose every time. Other than that, I'm happy with the changes so far. More to come. Yeah, man, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of that at all. Demarcus Vaughn with a $5 super chat. I hope Triple H does something with Robert Roode and bring back Tegan Knox. I hope so too, bro. I'd love to see Robert Roode or Bobby Roode back as glorious Bobby Roode. Tegan Knox, I could see Tegan Knox being brought back as well. Why do I use a koozie for my beer? Because it keeps the beer cold. Also, it keeps the beer from sweating on my desk. That's why people use beer koozies. Eric Martinez. What a goon-like reply, bro. Really? Invest in a koozie, bro. Your life will be changed. Michael Sanchez with a 999 Super Chat. Excited for the tag team division. Not sure if you'd agree, but I definitely want to see them bring back Enzo. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned this the other day. They will bring so much hype to the tag team division. Absolutely. John Prescott with a fire all Super Chat. I love your podcast, JD. Can I get a big Raquel? <laughs> When you got Jesse agreeing with me, man, you know you fucked up. Michael Sanchez with a 499 Super Chat. Also, theme songs. We need some Jim Johnston or bring back CFO money. Yes. Shayna Baszler's theme song is fucking horrendous, man. Horrendous. Eric, you don't need to be a alcoholic, bro. You don't need to be a drinker of alcohol to enjoy a beer koozie, bro. I'm sure you drink soda or something out of a can. Could be orange juice, soda, seltzer. All the things that I just told you apply with any canned beverage, bro. Or any bottled beverage. Jimmy Fingers 519. Jimmy Fingers 19 with a 519 Super Chat. I see you, bro. Am I missing something with the gun club? I don't get their push. I'm still scratching my head seeing them go over Danhausen and Redwood. Bro, it is not that, it's not that complicated, bro. It's Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn is a producer. Billy Gunn is an agent. So of course he's gonna get his sons on television and then his son's in a prominent role. James Hope, Sonny Kiss is trash, bro. All Elite Wrestling 
There's nothing elite about Sonny Kiss. I'm sorry. You want to criticize me for that? Goodbye. Get out. Sonny Kiss should be on a show like NXT Level Up. He fit perfect in fucking NXT. The colors and the fucking cringe atmosphere. Go over there. Nobody watches that shit. Go over there. I had OTS koozies. I had OTS koozies, man. I, I ran through all of them. Uh, do we want to bench him? I don't know if that's a benchable offense. James Hope. We won't bench him, bro. Why am I hating on... Sonny Kiss is a terrible pro wrestler, bro. Okay? Sanchez with a 999 Super Chat. Hey, Michael Sanchez talked about theme songs, right? Listen to this. This will be a good wrestler theme, bro. Michael Sanchez, I would really like it if the Usos, KO and Seth Rollins would stop using finishes used by legends. Not saying that they don't have their own identity, but I feel like those moves should be exclusive to legends. Bro, what's wrong with the 1D? What's wrong with the 1D, bro? I like the 1D. D best starter with a $2 super chat. Uh, please stop with the corny eye makeup in WWE. Who wears eye makeup, Bastardo? Cora Jade today broke the hearts of many wrestling simps out there. As she reveals she is dating Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker went heel overnight. Thanks to Cora Jade. Kelly with the 499 Super Chat. Seeing the women's tag team title on my TV screen makes me want to roundhouse kick the titles instead of my TV. Triple H, get rid of them. Awful tag team match. Yeah, Kelly, the tag team match tonight on SmackDown was not good at all. Bainbridge Omega. With a $2 Super Jazz, Sonny Kiss should go to GCW, not AEW. Go to the Outlaw Mud Show, bro. Get off my TV. Madcap is dating Emelina, yes. Tanil Dashwood, lucky him, man. 
Furious Nation with a five dollar super chat. What's up, JD? Parker Boudreaux really impressed me tonight. Also, Sunny Kiss is trash. Parker Boudreaux, uh, Boudreaux, man, you know he's he's still he's still learning. The presence is there, though. I mean, you really can't gauge much off of you know one big move. There really isn't much that uh, goes into that, but I hope he I hope he gets everything down that he needs to, man. I really, I may have, I may have, I don't know how many of you guys agree with me on this, but I, I honestly feel like Tony Khan made Parker Boudreaux elite because there was a high probability that Parker Boudreaux with Triple H in charge was prob- would probably go back to WWE. He would probably have been called by Triple H to be brought back to WWE. So Tony Khan made him an offer. I think Parker Boudreaux signing was was basically Tony Khan keeping him away from AEW. I do. Yeah. Sonny Kiss is officially get off my TV. Can't stand her since day one. You're not alone, JD. Rock on. And cheers, OTS family. Yeah, put, uh, like, like I said, Sonny Kiss would be perfect with trash legend. Two peas in a pod. Anyway, guys, that's all I got. That's all I got, man. Look at the beer garden. We're locking things up. We're locking things up here, man. Yeah, man. We're about to get out of here. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out tonight. Probably taking the day off tomorrow, man. Taking my cat to the vet tomorrow. A little nervous about that. Taking my old lady, Bacardi, to the vet tomorrow. So I may not be uh, uploading tomorrow. Sunday, though, we'll be live. Sunday will be live. Episode 440. Got a lot to talk about, including a major Bray Wyatt story. We're going to go over again in detail what Feifel had reported about Bray Wyatt. But what a great week, guys. What a great week. SmackDown was good tonight. Dynamite was good. Raw was good. Another week, man. Another good week of wrestling. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit the channel member join button. Hit that thumbs up. Manscaped.com slash... No, it's Manscaped.com code script 20 at checkout. 20% off free shipping, free gifts. And next time you guys will see me is live on Sunday night, episode 440 of the podcast. Channel members only, man. VIP chat. So get them on it, man. Anyway, guys, I need that music. Actually, I need the guitar emojis first before I do anything with the music. I need those guitar emojis in the chat right now. VIPs, I need those Mustangs. And I need that music on max. Guys, I'll see you live on Sunday night. 
for episode 440 of Off the Script. I'll see you guys later. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.